Well, hello, everybody. It is Manoli's Musings. I'm back. I'm back. I know. I know I left you hanging there for a minute. I'm very sorry. Uh, you know, things started piling up. I, I wasn't feeling well. And then, you know, the longer you wait to do something, the more, I don't know, the more effort it takes to actually do it. So, but yeah, I'm just going to dump in here. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I left you hanging, and I'm back though. And if I if I ever do it again, I I give you permission to come find me and and uh, you know slap some sense into me if you like, because I I'll uh, I should be here for you people. And if I don't do one of these at least a week, or at the very minimum at least every other week, then it, it's a problem. It's a big problem. You know what else is a big problem? The driving in this state. I don't know what has happened. People have gotten even worse. I don't know if I didn't even think it was possible. The driving situation in South Carolina. It's like if you got a bunch of people. And. I don't know. I don't know what to say. They, they were all half, half. They were all legally blind. They didn't pay any attention to anybody else. And you told them. That if they, they do not get to where they're going as fast as possible, they will be shot and killed. Because the way that these people drive is absolutely abysmal. I mean, you know how it goes. I had one guy that was driving in the middle lane at Mount Pleasant, which is not actually Charleston. But they, they'll tell you what it is. It's in the Charleston area, but it's a separate entity, it's a separate city. So they like it when you know when they when they have they get the perks to be in its own city because they, they like it then. But then whenever somebody asks where they're from, they'll they'll tell them they're from Charleston. Just so you know, you know Manoli has all the inside information, and Manoli's going to tell you how it is. That's how it goes here. And I was driving to Mount Pleasant. That's where I work. I was in the middle lane. I had some guy. He just like he drove like horizontal across two lanes. To get into the right lane, and I'm just sitting. I, I was on the phone with someone. I just started, you know, like, oh, nice. Oh, good for you, Christian Bale. Good for you. Good for you. I was mad. Um, you know how that goes. You, you just you start. You start with all of that, and then, and then the person might give you a look, and then. No, what are they going to do? The person that already left, so I, uh, I was upset. But and yesterday I saw somebody just, I don't know, it was 7 something in the morning, and so it's, somebody had already shut down one of the lanes because they rear-ended someone because nobody pays attention. They're all worked up in themselves, looking at their phones and doing what else. Who knows what they're doing in there? I don't want to know. I tell you what they're not doing is they're not paying attention to the surroundings. It's it's been very bad. Every day there's some kind of traffic issue because somebody, you know, just messes it up and it it, it effectively derails. I I mean, really, it just ruins the day of, of thousands of people. Not the day, but it just you know, it everything gets all backed up. As that man reminded me. Uh, in St. Thomas, whenever we suggested that he he drive slower, um, in that in that van going over the mountains when he was trying to launch us into you know into outer space, uh, 
yeah, that was that was a time. I, I swear I felt the wheels of the of the cab come off the ground whenever we get to the top of the hill. It was like that scene in Speed where they have to jump the uh, they have to jump that gap in the interstate. So there you go. That's how we felt. And he he said, uh, "Sir, can you please take it easy a little bit? We're not in that big of a hurry." He said, "This is how we drive here. If we don't, it gets all backed up." Well, Charleston gets all backed up every day. Um, yeah, I'm actually recording this in the morning because I've been trying to do it at night. And then by the time I get home and I get ready to do it, I like to fall asleep. Um, basically, ever since I started working, I turned into an old man. I mean, I always was a bit of an old man. They always did tell me that. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it's gotten worse recently. So there did you go. Um yeah, so what, what else has been going on? Uh, you know, I, this whole Charleston driving, you know, uh, Charlestonians like to blame everything that goes wrong in their lives on uh, the people that have moved here from Ohio and Maryland and uh, where else did they come from? Jersey and Virginia. And you know what? I don't really, have, I don't have a problem with those people. I, I really don't. You know, I say, I say, come on in, you know. Help us, help us grow this city. Help us, help us make it, you know, it's, I said people want to live here. I don't have a problem with those people, but all these, these old Charlestonians, they, they get mad and they start shaking the finger. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's too many people on the roads. I don't know what the, I don't know what the problem is. There's an infrastructure problem. I had one guy, I was at a, he was a, he was a peer of mine at the, at the university. And we were, we were, I don't know, we were at some bar or something. It was, it was a very odd environment. And we, we had a full, like, 30-minute discussion on why the infrastructure in the state needs work. And <laughs> I'll never forget that. Every time I saw him, I said, are we going to have another talk about our infrastructure problem? He's like, he's like, yeah, let's put it there. Let's, let's get it going. And there's problems with the bridges. There's problems with the roads. There's problems with the, just the way that things are designed. I mean, there's a road by my house, and I, I used to have to travel it every day. I still travel it almost every day. And I don't know why their solution was to have, you can't see the merge coming. You see there's a sign, but if you're not paying attention, you're not going to miss it. You're, gonna, you're not going to see the sign. And two sections of the road, they just come together, and it's the shortest merge. There's an island in the road, and then right after you get to that island, it's basically the two lanes are already together. It's the shortest merge I've ever seen. They call it the suicide merge because apparently having two cars going, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour just to merge out of nowhere, you know, that, that tended to cause a problem. I don't think to this day I've ever actually driven there. I always get into the far lane because I don't want to deal with it. Why tempt fate? That's what I have to say. Why Why do it? But... Yeah, so uh, I don't think it, I don't think it's an issue of too many people on the road. I just think uh, I think you know maybe we could we could take a look at our roads and that's kind of the big thing. Every every I feel like almost every uh, everybody's always talking about the roads, the roads, the roads. All roads lead to Rome. All roads in Charleston lead to an accident. Um. Yeah, so I, I you know I don't I don't have a problem with the. the the people that have started moving here as of late, you know, from Ohio and this and that, I say, welcome, welcome to South Carolina. Do you hear the dog, Astro? Astro's always barking about something. I don't know what it is. 
any disturbance, he starts barking. That I was, <laughs> I, I fell asleep. He was in the room with me once, and I had the TV on something and it shut down and it started playing like if it once if you don't use it, they'll start playing like a slideshow basically. And I wake up and he's barking like a madman. I look at the TV and there's a picture of a monkey on there. <laughs> and he didn't like it. He just started barking and that's how I woke up. And one time we had a sign in our yard because my sister was going to college and they they gave her a yard sign and had her take a picture in front of it or whatever. And I took him out to, uh, you know, use the facilities and he was he saw that sign and he had a he had a panic attack. He flipped out, started barking. Market at the sign. He didn't like that sign. It was an evil, malevolent sign that he just, that yard sign really did a number on him. He's parked at a puddle once. Um, yeah, anything really out of, out of sorts. He, he doesn't like. He'll, he, he'll try to take it down. Of course, that dog, he just barks at stuff. He doesn't actually do anything. So, yeah, where, where am I going with this? Uh, have you seen the baseball recently? The baseball, I, he said, like an 87-year-old man. Um, yeah, the Dodgers clinched their division like a week a week ago. So, in the, you know, until now, from now until the playoffs, they don't really need to win another game. They could lose every game. Not that they should because there's a whole thing about momentum and, you know, you don't want to rest on your laurels, even though I do it all the time. You don't want to do it. Um, they still want to win. So they clinched their division and they did it in Arizona. And I was reminded of, I want to say that was 2013, 2014, when they, they won the division in Arizona last time. <clears throat> and they, they were, you know, excited. And so they ran and they, they jumped in their pool at the, at the ballpark. Do you remember this? The Dodgers pool party in Arizona. And they were, they had all their beers and they were shotgunning beers in the pool and making a, <laughs> making a big scene and all of that. And yeah, everybody was very upset. This was preposterous. This was disrespectful to the Arizona Diamondbacks. This was a very disrespectful. Like, how dare they use the, how dare they have a, go into the Arizona pool with a sign of, this, there was a big, big controversy on it. They didn't do anything like this this season. The celebration was pretty, Pretty blase, I have to say. I mean, Dave Roberts, he never gets excited about anything. He, he looked like somebody had killed his puppy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I get it. All business. Go win the World Series, then you can celebrate. I, I dig it, but a uh, happy medium would have been nice. And, you know, they were fine. But I, I just remember the pool party, and everybody had such a big, big issue with it. It's like, you know... Why? That's what you get for putting something as stupid as a swimming pool in your stadium. You know how dirty that thing is. Who would go swim in that? No, seriously, who would do it? You got a bunch of drunk idiots in there. They probably, you know, they probably they go in there and they don't want to use the facility. So you, you can use your imagination as to the filth that's in there. Somebody's in there eating a hot dog, popcorn floating around you. Somebody's band-aid floating by you. You know, it's just it's just a bad idea. It's a bad idea. At least if you ask me. They, you know, there's this trend to put you hear the dog. There's this trend of putting all this stupid idiotic stuff in the ballparks, and I don't really understand it. Um Miami, they had that that giant sculpture in there. Um 
that would go off whenever somebody would hit a home run. It, it was the most obscenely horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. It was ugly as hell. And um, I'd say, why, why do you need to do that? Why can't you just play baseball? And then there were the covered stadiums, that thing in Tampa Bay, that that, that thing. That thing looks like a, a, a big circus tent. I'm trying to think of other examples. Uh, I'm not really against the slide. I think that's a. I think Camden Yards has a slide, and I, I think Camden Yards is a pretty ballpark. I've been there myself. Everybody else said that it was always this gimmick. It's like when they they started. I say this like I knew, I remember Vegas before it was like this. It's like when they started putting all this stuff in Vegas, you know, roller coasters and things that shoot you off the stratosphere, and you know all this gimmicky stuff, Ferris wheels and all of that. It's like, it's like you, they, they have to add all this stuff, and make it over the top. You know, Dodger Stadium, you know, I think it's the best ballpark in, in the league. And I'm not saying it because I'm biased. I'm saying it because it's a classic ballpark. It's beautifully made. The location's gorgeous. Uh, it's really not bad getting in and out of there. You know, the, the way it was laid out was intuitive. Um, and it doesn't have the issues of, it's the third oldest park in baseball, but it doesn't have the issues of, say, a Fenway or a uh, Wrigley where, you know, it's like so old to where you're kind of looking around, you're like, you have like a giant support beam in front, in front of you and you can't see the game or oddities like the Green Monster. And that has its own charm. I'm not, I'm not denying that, but... I think Dodger Stadium was a modern era ballpark that was able to be maintained and upgraded, you know, where need be, you know, add scoreboard here, add this here, that kind of thing. But it doesn't have, it doesn't need it in the gimmicks because the Dodgers are the main event. But I'm excited to see how it goes. I really am. Um, I think we have a good shot to win it all. I really do. This is probably the best Dodger team I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. They already hit 100 wins, so they're trying to break the season record of wins, I, I believe. And I think, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're trying to do in Dodger land. We love the Dodgers. Um, so what else am I going to talk about? Uh, the other day, I was, uh, I went to an event last night. It was, uh, or the night before, rather, I guess at this point. It was a uh, networking event with the uh, Chamber of Commerce here, and it was a wonderful event. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I went. It's my first event with them. Yeah, it was nice to, uh, I have to say, it was nice to get out. Uh, nice to meet new people, do new things. Nice to talk to people. Nice to network a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time, and, and it was uh, very rewarding. And so uh, afterwards, I, I went and I sat at a at this restaurant. Um, a friend of ours owns it, and I was sitting at the bar. And I I was wearing one of my jackets, one of my sport coats. There was a double breasted, and you know, yeah, every once in a while you got to break out the double breasted. It's just part. Of, it's just a rule. It's just the way it is. Um, yeah, so I broke out the double breasted, and I was sitting there. And, but, you know, when you sit down to eat, you don't want to get, you know, food on your shirt, I mean, your suit. So I, I took it off and I was looking for a hanger and I don't know, I couldn't find one. And I was sitting, I was sitting towards the end of the bar. There was one seat at the end of me, on the left side of me. 
There's one seat on the right side, and then there was people sitting afterward. Anyway, so I'm uh, I'm looking for a hanger, and I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I find it. It's like it's more in the seat next to me on my right, and it is to the one on my left. Anyway, so I, I move seats, and I put I hang up my coat there. You know, it's a nice coat. I don't want anything to happen to it, so I. I move seats, but it's not like, I mean, there's like a decent amount of room in between me and the next person, right? And anyway, I'm sitting there, I'm on to my own business, I'm just, you know, you know, I, I, I'm just there to, to eat my food and to leave. That's really all I wanted to do. I wasn't there to make friends. I mean, I like to I like to talk to people around me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to sit there and like just start blabbing on to somebody who doesn't want to talk to me. So I'm just sitting there minding my own business, looking around, sipping on my lemon water, looking at my phone, and I hear next to me these these people. They say something like, "I hear something." Something, something, something. The guy next to you, something, something, something. I, I kind of glance over there. Anytime somebody's being rude to me, I just like to play dumb. Um, <laughs> it's really worked wonders in my life if you just, uh, if you confuse people who are trying to, who are uh, being rude to you. You know, what you really want to say is, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I encroached on your space. I didn't realize this bar still had your name on it, you ass. Um, sorry, I'm alive. I thought this was a free country. I thought I could sit wherever I wanted to. I'm paying. I have a right to be here. Who, who, who gives you the right to police where I sit? I wasn't interested in talking to you anyway. Why, why, it has nothing to do with you. But I didn't say any of that. I just smiled. I said, how are y'all doing? With, you know, with... You know, I had to, you know, when you're short, when you're a shorter person like me, you, you gotta, you have to learn how to avoid confrontation with a drunk idiots. Uh, I do it by playing dumb and being nice to them. And I think it confuses their, their alcohol adult brain. And they, they just, uh, they just kind of nodded at me and then they went back to their conversation. And I think, it, I think it worked. I, I kind of disarmed the situation there. But seriously, it's like, what? Really? Like, you're going to get that upset? I mean, you sat at the bar and you get mad when somebody's next to you. It wasn't like I was on top of the guy. I was freaking, there's like two, three feet ahead of us. I made room because, you know, I didn't want to sit by him. You think I wanted to sit by you? You have a high opinion of yourself. I was just doing it because I was trying to find a coat rack for my suit. That's all. That's all I wanted. But you know what? Anything I do gets scrutinized and criticized by idiots. So just, you know, it, it's sometimes things just, but you know what I say, I just play dumb, smile, smile and uh, act like, uh, act like, you know, you don't know what's going on and it, it works. That's my advice to you. Anytime somebody's being rude to you, you just confuse them. And you're, but in your brain, you're saying, you're saying, you know, the things that you want to say. I can't say all the things I want to say in this podcast. You know, there was another time I was tailgating at a Carolina game and I was at my friend's tailgate. My, my good friends, the Murphys, they, they always have a good tailgate. I try to stop by there every time. They're a very welcoming, very sweet people. 
they always were nice to me, always kind to me. Went to high school with uh, with their son, sons actually. I graduated with one of them, and they they always they always take good care of me. So I always like to see them. Anyway, I'm in there at the tailgate. It's in this fenced-in area, close, yeah, you know, fairly close to the stadium. Anyway, I'm standing there, and I, I say, uh, I'm going to hit the head. I say the head because I try to act like I'm some sailor or something or another. Um, anyway, so I go to the head, and I wait for the porta potty, and I'm standing there. And so this guy looks at me with a quizzical look on his face. See that word I threw out there? Um, and he says, uh, I haven't seen you before. Uh, how are you doing? I'm like, hmm. Fine, sir. How are you? Like, good. Uh, are, you, are you a paying customer here at this uh, tailgate? Like, I'm a guest of uh, the Murphys over there. He's like, but are you a paying customer? Like, I'm a, I'm a guest. You know, they, they're taking care of me. They, they let me in. The, the Murphys over there. You see them right there. Those people. Wave, wave to them. Why don't you? He's like, well, I'll let you use this porta potty this time. But in the future, our porta potties are for paying customers only. I wanted to say, well, what did he do? What did he do, sir? I'm glad you finally put a price on piss. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you kidding me? Are you are you that fragile that you you're policing the John? Is that what you're telling me right now? I've never seen anything like it in my life. I'm just like, oh, okay, you'll let me. That's that's nice. I didn't say anything. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I played dumb. I was like, oh, thank you. I, you know, I'm sorry. I had to apologize for using the porta potty, as if my, you know, my usage of it would be different than anybody else. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like all right. Here's my deposit. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, and that was the story. So th- that guy and that guy with the porta potty and that guy with the bar stool, I think, um, I think they might've, they might've been in cahoots, you know, trying to put, bring me down, but Manoli keeps it going. Manoli stays, uh, stays on the, the straight, the straight and narrow path to, uh, you know, achieving his goals and he doesn't let idiots ruin it until he talks about him on this show. Um, yeah, you know, you know what I heard the other day. Do you remember when you were in school and the teacher, you know, your class was talking amongst each other, and the teacher stood up there and he or she goes, "I'll wait, I'll wait." I hated that. It, that seemed worse. It, it it was worse than when they yelled at you. I'll wait. Are we done here? It's like, oh gosh, how bitter are you? That you're in this position teaching these idiots, <laughs> teaching a bunch of nine year olds who just want to go out and tackle each other in the football field and rather sit here and listen to Lewis and Clark. Um, but yeah, it was so snarky the way they would say it. It's like, you know, why don't you just tell us to shut up? I would much rather you do that. One of my fondest memories of uh, fourth grade or so was when. You know, we we were doing this big project. It was the Oregon Trail. It wasn't actually called that, but that's what I called it. And basically, it was like this role-playing game where each group would uh, would 
you know, make decisions in the game and you would you would advance. The goal was to get there first, right? You were like a pioneer in the covered wagon and you had, you know, you had like 11 kids. And uh, yeah, you were, you had to take risks and stuff. So like, for example, the, there was a fork in the road. You could go through the safe route. Or you could go through the Native American burial ground and bad things would happen to you. I mean... I don't know, think horrible things would happen to the people. Yeah, I feel bad for those people of Pioneers. They really went through a lot. Um, I think in our class, like, one person had their, like, eight of their kids got devoured by wolves, and um, one person fell into cactuses, and they had to stand up for the remainder of class. Just kind of surprised they even let that happen. It seems like corporal punishment. You ask me, I could sue. Hey. I know who, I remember who it was. Her name was Madison. Hey, Madison, Sue, why not? I don't think she actually had to do it. Um, They say, you don't have to do that. Anyway, but the point is, is that you were just like this role. It's kind of like, you know, I guess, what's that movie, that game, K-10? Kane and Ava, I don't know what it's called. Um, I never played it. Anyway, but you're trying to get to the space. But it was like a, it's like a long experience, like week, long, weeks long, months long. Anyway, but it had this, there was this big board handmade the map, the map of the trail. And each table had their own their little wagon up there and we were all on the scoreboard. Anyway, you know, we were fourth graders, you know, we were, what, what can we do? We're kids, we're energetic and that stuff. And uh, towards the end of the year, we got a little restless and uh, for the other teachers and they kept complaining to our homeroom teacher. And uh, it happened once and she said, I got a bad report from uh, Miss Salvo, the playground teacher, that y'all weren't listening to her. And, you know, it's really disrespectful. You need to pay attention to what she says. All right. Number two, Miss Lutz, the art teacher, she's really upset with y'all. And uh, I'm I'm upset with y'all, too. I don't understand why you can't behave. You know, it, was, it hasn't been a problem all year. You need to just, you need to to tone it in for these teachers is very embarrassing and it makes me feel with shame to know that my class is the, the cause of bad reports. All right, Miss Miss uh, so-and-so, whatever you say. The PE teacher says that, you know what? No, 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 this is how it happened. She goes, oh, guess what, class? And I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, what is it? Did you bring us cookies? Are we going to watch a film? Are we going to go on a field trip? She says, guess what, class? And she pauses. Another bad report. And she starts getting all worked up. She's like, you know what? This class is so disrespectful. And this and this, this is over. And she grabs the map of Oregon Trail. And she rips it off the wall. I've never seen anything like it. It's just She just grabs it with both hands and tears it down and shredded. And she's like, this is done. We're done with this. And that was, that got to us. I have to say it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. And then I guess about 10 years later, I was sitting next to her at one of the Sabachi places. I said, hey, uh, do you remember that time, the Oregon Trail? And she's like, oh, you had to, you would bring that up. I'm like, yeah, I would. <laughs> but yeah, that you see, that was more effective than the whole, I'll wait. I'll wait for what? If you're going to wait, I'm going to continue to talk. How about that? It's like, you should just tell us the shit. It's like, they, they, don't, they act like they have no control. 
you have plenty of control. Just tell the kid to get out. And that's it. You know, we were we were all scared of the teacher, weren't we? And for the most part, some of us weren't. To them, I, I say, brave, brave soldiers, I salute them. That's what I have to say. Um, yeah, I have another story for you. Um, I've been thinking a lot recently about my, my past opera musical experiences, you know, things that I've been doing. And um, I was thinking about when we did Carousel in 2020. At uh, 2020, the COVID year. Yes, the COVID year. Uh, it's before that. It was in January, February. And we were doing Carousel at my college, which isn't an opera, but, you know, it's a musical. Anyway, we were doing that. And uh, I, I didn't really have a, I had a decent sized role to show before that. So my role in this one was not as big. I, was, I had a few lines here and there. I sang this is my this is my big singing line. It was then at last comes the clams. I sang it better than that, but you get the idea. I had a little twang to it. Even though the show takes place in you know some New England state or another, one of those places, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. Who can keep them straight, really? Um anyway, so we were up. <laughs> We were, uh, I was in the ensemble, right? And there's that scene where uh, that lady, the one who sings, uh, you can't go, you'll never walk alone. She uh, she said something about Nettie. I was thinking Nellie, it was Nettie. She comes out, she's like, I got coffee and donuts for you. Everyone was Southern in the show, even though it's, it's not a Southern show. I got coffee and donuts for you. We were all excited. We were all taking a, you know, getting some donuts and sipping on coffee and ready to sing uh, about June. June has come. And uh, anyway, the first stage of rehearsal we did, I'll never forget it. She says, I got donuts and coffee ran over there. And she had Krispy Kreme donuts for us. And I, I said, this is fantastic. This is great. A Krispy Kreme donut. How nice of them to provide this for us. And I, I ate it and I was happy. And I said, this is going to be great. Every day I'm going to get a free donut. This is fantastic. I, I, I This is wonderful. Well, the next stage of rehearsal, we did it. She says, I got donuts and coffee for you. And we run over there and I grab a donut. I don't even look at it. And I bite into it and it had the consistency of mud. It was disgusting. I looked down, the thing wasn't even glazed. It was just a big, sandy, old, it must have been sitting there since 1932. I don't know where they found this donut. They must have paid 10 cents for it at freaking, I don't know, at some convenience store in, in Prosperity, South Carolina. That's the first small town that came to mind. I love Prosperity. That's where my mother is from. Um, and and it was the point is is that this thing was inedible. It was the most disgusting, repulsive thing I've ever put into my mouth, and I almost threw up. And I look at it, and the thing is like brown. It's brown. It, it's like a donut without any any flavor to it. Can you imagine eating a donut? It's just just that dough. But imagine it's been sitting there in some grocery store shelf for ten years, has cobwebs on it. You know, I think it was like it had been mummified, all that stuff. 
I, I just, it was repulsive. And I, 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 I absolutely did not get to my next line because I was trying not to hurl at this donut. And I'm looking around, I'm like, I can't eat this. It's, it's disgusting. I can't finish it. And I'm looking around, I'm like, well, how do I get rid of it? And I look in front of me and there was the basket of clams, you know, quote unquote clams. There was nothing actually in there. I think there was one clam in there. And I had to hold it up and I had to say, look at them clams. Uh, but there was a basket of clams in there. And uh, I kind of looked to my left, looked to my right. And uh, uh, that was the end of that. So uh, <laughs> till the next day, when the director minds us up, she says, all right, who put the donut in the basket of clams? And I'm, I, I don't know what she's talking about. Who did it? No response. Well, if you don't want a donut, just don't take one. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was the most. <laughs> I never confessed. I never did. My friends know now that I did it. I say my friends. I have like one person I talk to from the opera on a regular basis. She knows that I did it. She's actually the one who found it. And she said... I thought it was the other guy. I was like, no, it was me. I'm sorry about that. I meant to retrieve it after the fact, but, you know, I, I kind of forgot. Just like Danny kind of forgot about the Iron Fleet. Um, anyway, I, I think that's going to do it for me. It is 6.55 a.m. You see, I got up I got up early for you people, so you better freaking appreciate it, okay? Do you understand the effort I'm putting in here? Do you, you don't understand how hard it is to do this for you ungrateful audience. I'm kidding. I love you all very much. Hey, have a wonderful, blessed day. And uh, I will see you next time. I'm going to be consistent now. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm locked in. I'm not going off the rails again. I go off the rails every time I do one of these shows. I'm not going off the rails and not doing it. So that's it for me. Have a great day.